0: Welcome to the e commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online. Welcome to the e commerce podcast. Wherever you are listening or watching, you are very welcome. You've probably already gathered that I am not, in fact, Matt Edmondson, the usual host of this podcast. My name is Jen and I am on Matt's e-commerce team. Matt usually interviews and chats with guests from all over the globe to bring you a wealth of e-commerce wisdom. But today it's really exciting because the host, in fact, becomes the guest. So I'm going to bring Matt in and we'll introduce the podcast.
1: Well, (laughs) I feel like I'm out of a job now, Jen.
0: Is this a bit strange?
1: <laughs> it's just really odd. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, that, thank you for that introduction, but uh, it is odd being on the other side of the table, that's for sure.
0: So I thought it might be quite fun. Lots of the listeners probably know lots about you already, but I thought I would just tell them a few things that they might not know.
1: Oh, okay. So uh, do I Matt- know this?
0: Yeah, you do. Oh, okay. Matt loves to cook up delicious food in his outdoor kitchen that he built himself. We've seen lots of lovely photos. I'm yet to sample it, but I'm sure I will (laughs) see. Is that a hint? Yeah. He's also a whiz (laughs) at woodwork and can pretty much build anything and has the scars to prove it. Or has lost some parts of his fingers to prove it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably Um, more like he's lost. He's also (laughs) a
0: huge Liverpool football club fan and a Formula One fan. How are you liking the season so far, Matt?
1: Oh, it's exciting, One, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, football is different, but yeah, I'm, the Formula One season's exciting, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's uh, going down. To the down the champ. Uh I hope it's Lewis. I hope he gets his, you know, the the record and all that sort of stuff. I really do. Obviously, I'm English, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Lewis. Oh, I'm a bit more of
0: a Verstappen fan myself, but we'll see.
1: Okay, well, I, yep. I I hate to point out the obvious statement that actually Verstappen is is not he's not English. Should you not be supporting? No,
0: him? I know he's not English, but I like you know I like Red Bull and stuff, so we'll see. <laughs>
1: okay, fair enough. Yeah, Red Bull's a good team. I do like that, uh, but no, I'm definitely okay. So you're Verstappen, and I'm Hamilton. One of them's good. One of us is going to be happy at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think it's time for somebody else to be the champion myself, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> You've had enough. <laughs> You've had enough of the Hamilton reign.
0: Yeah. Okay. So usually the e-commerce podcast focuses on all aspects of growing e-commerce businesses. But today we're going to actually chat with you, Matt, about selling an e-commerce business. So for listeners, this might be something you've thought about doing. It might be something you've already done, something you are aiming to do. And Matt recently sold one of his e-commerce businesses, Jersey Beauty. So we're going to talk all about the process you went through and some of the lessons you've learned during the recent sale. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before um, we talk about the sale of Jersey Beauty, do you want to chat to us about how you got into e-commerce and then how you got involved with Jersey Beauty?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a funny one, isn't it? We, we got involved with the web back in the late 90s, um, you know, when the internet was just starting to take off. It all happened just because uh, a friend of mine, Came to me and said, "Listen, I need one of these website things because we no, no one had a clue what a website was back then." And he <laughs> said, "I need I need one of these website things. Who can I go to?" And I only knew one company. Um, they were called the Web Shed at the time, and they were run by you know Matt and Ian, don't you? And it was mm-hmm. Matt and Ian's company, and um, but that, it was it was expensive back then to get a website. Not very different to today. And uh, so I said to my friend, listen, I'll tell you what, if you uh, buy this piece of software, which I knew existed, I'll figure it out because I was okay with computers and I'll create the website. And it was a cheaper alternative for him. And so he bought me, I think it was like eight or 900 quid worth of software. And that started the journey. And that's, that's how we got involved in all things web. And it didn't take too long after that to start going, oh, we can sell stuff online now. Uh, and so uh, back in 2002, uh, which is almost 20 years ago now, which is odd when I think about it. We launched mm-hmm. our first ever e-commerce business. We uh, we sold tanning products uh, is what we did. We had a company called TanMad. Uh, I sold did tan not pro- know this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> we, we, TanMad, it was called tanmad.com was the web URL. I don't even know if it exists today, but uh, tanmad.com. We sold tanning products. I bought them off a friend of mine, uh, who was a wholesaler of tanning products, and we just we put them online and just started to see how it went. And then six months later, I actually sold that business, Tan Mad, to the guy I was buying the products from. It was going well, and so he was like, well, oh, let me buy this. And I was like, okay, cool. So he bought the business, and that was my entrance into e-commerce and buying and selling e-commerce businesses.
0: So how did you then get involved with Jersey Beauty?
1: Jersey Beauty was a fascinating one. I, uh, <laughs> To cut a very long story, reasonably <laughs> short, um, a friend of mine uh, who I'd got to know through the sauna game, I used to be involved in the saunas uh, and steam rooms. I used to design health spots. That's kind of what I did when I started writing these websites on the side. I was actually working at a company where I designed in, uh, we designed and installed health spots, uh, saunas and steam rooms and all that kind of stuff. And one of the guys I got to meet, one of our clients was a guy called Andy Topman. And Andy, South African guy, lived on the island of Jersey, and he had a couple of health clubs on Jersey. And so when I stopped doing the saunas and the steam rooms uh, uh, for a little while and focused more on the web stuff, I said to Andy, listen, you should really think about selling some stuff online because e-commerce is going great. And -hmm. because you live on Jersey, you definitely need to think about it because at the time, this was 2006, right, just to give you a time frame, In 2006, Jersey had some massive tax advantages uh, when it came to selling products online and that they didn't have to charge VAT on products that were being shipped to the UK if they retailed under a certain value. And so this is I don't know if you you, you remember this, Jen, back in the day where you bought DVDs and CDs and things like that. Oh, yeah. You remember those days? (laughs) Well, that that Jersey was ideal for distributing DVDs and CDs because they fell under the threshold. So it meant that someone from Jersey could sell to someone in the UK a DVD or a CD 20 percent below everybody else in the UK and still make the same profit margin because they weren't paying the 20 percent tax. And so this whole Internet business in Jersey was sort of boomed out of nowhere and so I said to Andy, we need to take advantage of this a little bit. And uh, so 2006, Jersey Beauty Company was born. It was literally a case of uh, we were in his health club. And it's like, well, what should we sell online? And we were like, I don't know, let's sell that. And there was Dermalogica skincare products on his shelf. It was it was a conversation that was as ridiculous as that. It was... Um, It was not thought through. It was all the stuff we tell people to do now, like in terms of research and all that sort of stuff, didn't do a single bit of it. And we were just like, let's just sell that and see what happens. And we just had a go. And it was, um, yeah, turns out to be a very fortuitous conversation, really. Um, And so that's how Jersey Beauty Company was born. I I wish I could sit here and say to you, it was because of some really clever strategy on my part or a clever strategy on Andy's part. But genuinely, it wasn't. It was just blind luck. Right place, right time. Uh, just we just had a go at something, and it worked.
0: Yeah. So you've been involved with it since two thousand and six. I take it it grew over the years between now and between then and now.
1: Yeah, it did. It um, uh, it when we when we first started, we decided, you know, what we'll build this website and we'll sell the dermatological products on there. Uh, we went away and we then we did some research we thought well how much of this product could we actually sell and um, in our research we looked at it and we thought you know what if we could sell 10 grand's worth of product Mm. in the we launched august 2006 and we thought if we could sell 10 grand's worth of product between august 2006 and the end of december 2006 that would be amazing that would that'd be like a you know that would start to put us on track towards a 50-60k turnover which is kind of what we were hoping for every year right uh, nothing major nothing complex just 50-60 grand turnover so what happened was the site was launched august 2006 and we didn't sell 10,000 pounds worth of product we actually sold 400,000 pounds worth of product it just wow. blew up straight away yeah 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 and so it was um it was crazy from that point on. Yeah, I mean, it instantly blew up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so thinking about the sale, why did you decide to sell? How did you know it was time for you to sell?
1: That's a really uh, good question. I think whenever you set a business, whenever you start a business, I'm of a, a, a generation which was kind of brought up with the idea that you, you build a business to sell it, right? Yeah. So if you ever start a business, you always – started knowing that at some point you're going to sell that business now who buys it is a different story it's a different question but you build a business to sell it and um you build a business with this idea of selling it um and you either buy it yourself i.e., you exchange your time for it um or somebody else ends up buying the business from you so I always knew in the back of my head that some point somewhere down the line, the business would either collapse as it would go bankrupt or I would sell it. They were my two exit options, I suppose. Um, I suppose there was a third option that it did so well. And I just hired management team to do it and then stayed as a shareholder and lived off the dividends for the rest of my life. Uh, That was never going to be an option in (laughs) in all reality. But, you know, um, so... So I think in terms of selling, I always knew that somebody would buy it. Um, And over the years, I mean, we've been doing Jersey for 15 years now. Over the years, I must have been approached uh, at least half a dozen times from people wanting to buy Jersey or at least wanting to have a conversation about wanting to buy Jersey. And I started every conversation the same. Sure. Let's have a conversation and see if this works for you and see if it works for me. And then finally, we found somebody where we thought, actually, it's going to work for you and it's going to work for me as well. So, um, yeah, that's sort of how it came about, really. Um, we didn't sell Jersey out of desperation because we needed to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I did think the last year or two, probably the last 18 months during lockdown, I thought, actually, this is probably a really good time for us to sell Jersey now, Um And also, you know, 15 years doing one thing. It's it's nice to have a little bit of a change, isn't it, after all?
0: Okay, so let's just think about if there's listeners who are running e-commerce businesses, what um, what should they look out for when deciding if it's a good time for them to sell their business?
1: So there's a number of things you have to think about, I think, when it comes to selling a business. Obviously, the key one Uh, everybody instantly jumps to his price, right? How much is somebody willing to buy your business for? And is that a price you're willing to sell your business for? And two key questions you've got to ask, because obviously uh, it's the main one. So let's assume that um, you're ready to sell the business. How do I know what price to sell my business for? I think it's almost a bit like selling your house. You know, you've, you've got this house you've invested time and energy into it it's got you on on all of the walls do you know what i mean it's it's sort of it's part of the family so selling it is not necessarily a straightforward thing to do um so how much do you sell it for you kind of like in some respects there's a market valuation but then there's another aspect of this which says how much am i willing to let this go for
0: yeah
1: and um and so you, I think you've got to be happy with the price that you're selling the business for fundamentally because you you don't ever want to wake up at one morning and go, I wonder if I could have sold it for more. Do you know what I mean? I, I wonder yeah. if, I, if I'd have held out a little bit longer, could I have sold it for more? You don't want things like that to eat away at you. So I think you've got to get to a place where you're like, okay, so there's a market valuation on this business uh and there are all kinds of companies out there that will help you value your business. Uh we've had yeah. various I was going to ask
0: that the only thing I've sold is a house. <laughs> and obviously you get it valued and then that's the price you put it on the market for and then you negotiate is it that's is it similar to that you will get you can get a company in to give you a a market value yeah.
1: Yeah, very much so. There's there's lots of companies out there now that specialize in helping you sell your business. Um they they're like estate agents or real estate agents. They
0: okay.
1: They come in. They'll give you a valuation. They'll tell you what you think you can get it for, and they'll go to a list of prospective buyers that they think might buy it. Normally, they'll have a list. Um, and if you're stuck, if you want to, know, if you want some recommendations on companies that you can that can do that for you, do get in touch with us. We'll we'll put you in touch with a few guys. As there's, yeah. there's a couple of guys that we know that I think are, are good at that. Um, like I say, we've had guests on the podcast talk about it. Um, so you're going to have to find a valuation for your business. And I think there's a reality check here, right? Because And it's the same with your house. You have poured your love and sweat and yeah. energy into this thing. So, um, you know, And because you've heard somebody down the road sold up for crazy amounts of money, you think, Oh, I'm going to get crazy amounts of money. But I do think there's a reality check, which says, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's not always going to be the case, is it? So uh You know, you have to have some kind of sensible valuation, I think, on your business. And who who buys it depends on its value, right? So take Jersey, for example. Let's say, Jane, you wanted to buy it, right? You came to me and said, Matt, we're going to do a management buyout of the business. Um, What's the business worth? Okay, so that's one person buying the business, you're buying the business. Yeah. But... For you to buy Jersey, you've also, um, you've got to buy the warehouse. You've got to buy the distribution. You've got to buy the staff, uh, as crude as that sounds. Um, There's a whole lot of stuff you're going to need to get because you don't already have it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So the value to you is going to be uh, an amount over here, uh, but the liability to you is also going to be greater because you're taking Mm -hmm. the lease, the staff, and so on and so forth. Or you could sell it to somebody who is like a competitor uh, or who is already in a similar field to what you do. So, for example, with Jersey, we could have sold it, say, to you. Or we could have, you know, what we ended up doing was we sold it to Gorgeous Retail Group, and they were a competitor of ours. So they already had the warehouse. They had the distribution. um, They had the staff. They've got the marketing team. So there's a a lot of Jersey they didn't need. They can almost plug and play it into their system. Yeah. So it became quicker and easier and a lot less liable you know, there's a lot less liability on them. And so the valuation for the guys that bought Jersey and the valuation for you would have been different. You would have not been willing to pay the same sort of price that maybe they were willing to pay because yeah. it's different buyers, right? So <coughs> so you have to understand, I think, who you're selling to makes a big difference in terms of the value that you're going to get
0: yeah
1: right so it's like with my house you know my house if i sell my house to uh you know somebody who's got a family for example well it will be worth a certain amount of money or if i sold it to a developer that could cut it up into six flats and triple his money it's going to be worth a different amount okay do you see what i mean there's yeah there's different different people willing to buy that it's the same with your business of course I'm not willing to sell my house to a developer that wants to cut it up into six families. That's a personal thing that I have to think about. It's the same with your business. You know, who you sell to um, and the price you sell to are are the two key important things, right? So number one, answering your question, Jen, this is a bit long, sorry. Um, Number one is obviously (laughs) you have to be happy with the price. Number two, you have to be happy with who's buying your business. uh, And you have to be prepared to let go of it and let them take the reins. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's super critical, Uh, getting someone, you know, who you think will manage it well, who will help your customers. You know, if they're taking your staff on, will they treat your staff right and so on and so forth. Um, (coughs) Excuse me, coughing here, as you can hear. Uh, I have, I've got that midnight radio kind of (laughs) DJ voice. Welcome to the midnight hour. (laughs) Uh, We are going to play some love songs uh going on here so uh, you know i'm not being deliberately weird so those of you regular to the show this is uh this is actually my real voice right now and it's a little bit hoarse um so yeah so the price uh you know you've got to think about the price you've got to think about selling and then the, the other thing you've got to think about um i think when selling your business is what does it mean once your business is sold okay and what i mean by that is Uh, whoever's buying your business is going to want to tie you into certain conditions and certain warranties, right? They're going to say, um, great Matt, you're selling Jersey. Part of the condition of me buying it is that you cannot set up Jersey two, Jersey Beach Company two in the next two years, for example, and then start competing with us after we bought the business. Um, and so there are the, the, they call them warranties here in the UK. I don't know what they call them internationally, but there are these conditions, these contractual conditions that you have to abide by, which says I will uh, like, I'm not allowed to disclose the details of the deal. I'm not allowed to do um, uh, set up Jersey too. I'm not allowed to do certain types of coaching or consulting. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be prepared for those warranties. Um, and, make sure you're you're happy with them because they're going to if somebody buys your business without tying you into anything i i'll be greatly surprised <laughs> <laughs> i'll be greatly surprised um especially if it's got any value to it uh so you have to think about what you're prepared to give what you're prepared to let go of and what you're prepared to be restrained by um when when selling your business so they would be the main things i think and then for get yourself a good lawyer they're gonna. It's gonna cost a fortune to sell your business. Uh, you're gonna. You're gonna need a lawyer. Uh, they're gonna charge you money to be a lawyer. Uh, but you're gonna want to make sure that contract that you sign is good and right and healthy and righteous. Otherwise, you could be in a whole world of hurt. Right? Let me tell you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, make sure you you've got a good lawyer.
0: Great. That's really helpful advice. Um. So what is the what has this experience of selling jersey taught you obviously you mentioned earlier you have sold e-commerce businesses before But thinking about the most recent sale has it taught you anything
1: has it taught me anything <laughs> yes a lot selling a business is very very hard work um <laughs> very hard work i plan to take august off i i i mean you know this you know i pl- i wanted I'd been working flat out all through lockdown. I was like, I'm just going to take August off. I want a sabbatical of some kind, mm-hmm. and um, I think I ended up taking three days off <laughs> in August oh, no. just because, just because the 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 purchase took a long time. The contract takes a long time. Getting all the information together takes a long time, and so I think, I mean, since selling Jersey, I you know. We are now building other companies, other e-commerce businesses, which I think will eventually be sold. So what can I learn from the sale of Jersey, which is going to help me with those businesses? One of the key things is get your documentation in order from day one. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that um, comes up in a due diligence process. I mean, and this is where you spend half your time. It's like... uh, there has to be due diligence from the person buying the business and the person selling it to make sure it's clear what is being sold and what is being purchased. Right. Um, And so that whole due diligence process takes time and it's a faff and it's a ball ache. And you end up going backwards and forwards on where a comma is in a sentence and all that sort of stuff. And you kind of like, what you can do to help yourself is you can, if you plan on selling your business. Let's say you think in a year's time or two years time we're going to sell a business. We have yeah. a business, uh, in, you know, we have a plan in mind to sell one of the businesses that we're involved with in about three to five years' time. We have a turnover goal, we have a valuation goal we want to hit. So we know that in a few years' time we're going to sell a company. So what I need to start doing now is making sure that mm-hmm. everything that we do from a, from a business point of view helps me later on down the line from a due diligence point of view. So the way we structure the company, the way we do reporting and recording of accounts, the um, the way we record information like privacy policies, you know, GDPR compliance and all that sort of stuff, which you really never want to think about.
0: You have to get all
1: that done now. And then it, if, if in a year's time I change that policy, I need to put the updated policy in the due diligence documents so that I can just hand it out. I don't have to then figure it out later down the line. Um, And so there's a lot of these sort of processes that you can go through now, which will help you later on down the line. And that for me has been the big learning experience. It's like, okay, let's take all of this. And for the next business that we sell, let's be a lot more prepared. Let's be a lot more proactive. Let's stop putting a lot more of this information um, into a file from day one around due diligence right so yeah. um and that due diligence will depend greatly on your company but it, it may be worth if you're planning on selling going into a lawyer uh, and saying what sort of things do i need to think about from a due diligence point of view that i can start working on now because yes. trust me you don't want to leave it to the last minute otherwise you will have no holiday in august take it from me i know
0: <laughs> <laughs> so get your house in order and keep it in order. (laughs) Yeah. And add about, what, three, four months onto your time frame.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always going to... Here's the thing, right? We're selling a business. It's going to take longer than you think. It's going to cost more than you think it's going to cost. You're going to make less than you think you're going to make. uh, And you're going to get more angry and annoyed than you think you're going to get, right? And so, I mean, let's just be real. This is... It's not... In a lot of people's heads, selling your company is a dream. It's like, you know... I have this business over here, somebody has come and offered me 10 million pounds for my business and so therefore I have a check and my yeah. and my bank is 10 million pounds, which it just, that's a romantic notion, you have to get that out of your head. It yeah. is a lot of work, it is a lot of pain. You're gonna be tied in with contracts and warranties. It's not as straightforward as somebody just giving you a check, but if you find the right buyer and yeah. you sell at the right price and it's the right time for you to exit the business, it's a great way to end that particular chapter of your business life, you know? Yeah, um, It's worth
0: so pushing through the pain barrier.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like selling a house. Yeah. I've never spoke to anyone that, you know, when they're talking about selling their house, talks about it from a positive light. No one ever does, no. but no. no one ever regrets. Well, saying that a lot of people regret about selling their house, but do you know what I mean? It's it's like, you have to go through that pain to, to, to get through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the, with your business, you know? Yeah. Um, just be realistic that it's it's going to be a painful journey
0: yeah okay so apart from keeping on top of the the paperwork stuff that will benefit you in the future is there anything else you do differently next time you sell an e-commerce business
1: um beside the paper i would structure the company differently um again just to make it really clear what the other person is buying um mm-hmm. i think you know, with Jersey, we had a lot of overlap. I I won't bore you with in terms of internal work processes, Mm -hmm. but we had a lot of overlap between different companies. And so just making that cleaner uh, from an earlier start would have been good. And I think just make it really clean, you know, be really clear what, what it is that people are buying. And think about the biggest thing I think you can do here is to think, think about your business as the person buying it rather than the person selling it right? Okay. So if you, um, yeah, I keep using this house analogy, but it's a good one, right? So you see mm-hmm. things like, there used to be a show called House Doctor, I don't know what they call it now, but it's basically, my house isn't really being set, sell- it's not selling, it's not really getting any interest. So they send this American lady into the house, she dresses it up. And then you, know, you get an offer. And usually that offer is much higher than you expect. And mm-hmm. all she did was she presented the house in a way that would be attractive to potential buyers, right? Mm -hmm. So she'd decorate it with neutral colors and she'd strip all the garbage out and she'd tidy it up. And do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden that's worth £10,000 on the top of my asking price. Same principle with your business, right? You as the CEO, as the owner, as the guy that's running your business, You have to change how you look at it. So instead of looking at this business like someone that loves it and someone that cares for it and thinks the whole thing is just totally amazing, you've got to put yourself in the position of a buyer which goes, why on earth would I buy your business over this one over here, you know, of your Mm -hmm. competitor? Why would I buy it over that one over there? What is it about you that is unique and different? And so when you think about it from your customer's point of view or your buyer's point of view, it changes the way you view your business. It's like actually some of the stuff which you care about, they don't. So Mm -hmm. let's not get hung up on the details. Let's figure out a way to maximize the value uh, to the buyer, just like that American lady that dressed up houses. Um, Think about your business from the person that's buying it from their point of view. That's really
0: interesting because we spend our time as e-commerce business owners thinking about it from through the eyes of our customers. But actually you're kind of shifting your focus to through the eyes of a potential buyer, which is a
1: Yeah, you are. It's
0: a different focus for us.
1: It is. I think it's just a different type of customer, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so I'm not I'm not saying, you know, stop focusing on your customer. That's very important. Yeah. Uh but you've got to think about the person buying it. Why would they want to buy your business? Why would they care? What would they wanna see? What's gonna help them buy it? What's gonna help them give you better value? What's gonna help yeah. them give you a better sales price? What's going to help the whole process go quicker? Um, how can you be helpful to them? How can you help them see what it is that you see about the but you know what I mean all of those kind of things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um what's important to them? And how does your business meet that goal or that that need? And I think mm. if you can do that, um you'll be in a much stronger place when it comes to selling your own e-commerce business.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what is your top tip for any listener who might be considering selling their e-commerce business?
1: <laughs> I think um, my top tip would be to really make sure you want to do it. Um, and uh, just to reiterate some of the stuff we've already talked about, make sure you want to sell your business and start preparing for that sale From day one, rather than, you know, when someone approaches you, if you know in three years time, you're going to start, you're going to sell your business, you have to think about that now and start making provision for that. So don't wait until three years down the line. You know, that's my top tip. Be sure you want to do it and start acting today.
0: Okay, great. So Matt, what does the post-Jersey world look like for you?
1: Well, that's an... It it doesn't look too dissimilar to the pre Jersey world to be fair. Um Just which less is skincare
0: a, products?
1: No, less yeah, without the skincare products, obviously I c I'm 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 I can definitely not sell skincare products. Um No, it's great actually. We um we managed to retain our team. So, you know, we've still got you with us, Jen, which is great. So we're still working together, which okay. is fab. Uh we we are moving our warehouse premises. Uh, We thought that would be a good idea to give ourselves a bit of a change. So hopefully in the next few weeks, uh, next few months, certainly before Christmas, we'll be out of wherever we're at at the moment. Um, But the plan for us, I think, is to carry on doing what we're doing, to carry on just building e-commerce businesses. We love e-commerce. We think it's a great business model for us. We know it. We understand it. So we're going to carry on doing e-commerce businesses. We are involved in a company called Vegetology which sells, uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, I'm sorry about that. I just pointed this product to the camera. All you can hear is uh, uh, down the microphone. The Come supplement
0: in. shaking that you can hear.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> we're not selling shakers. We are actually selling supplements. Uh, so Vegetology mm-hmm. is a company which um, sells online vegan and vegetarian certified supplements, vitamins, omega-3, that kind of stuff. And that's doing super well. Love those guys. Great company to be involved with. So we're, we're selling those online um so we're building our own e-commerce businesses um but we're also still we're carrying on doing the stuff we were doing before like the coaching the consulting the e-commerce services um and helping other people grow their stuff online we've got some great courses coming out hopefully in the new year which i'm super psyched about so yeah yeah, life is definitely busy post jersey that's for sure uh but post jersey it's all still e-commerce why would i want to be anywhere else exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's that it's that do you remember that tv commercial uh don't uh, say it don't say it <laughs> at Accrington Stanley those are listening to the show thinking what are they talking about there's a tv commercial uh on in I want to say it was the late 80s I don't know if it was the late 80s early 90s uh, but it was when there was a guy called Ian Rush that played for Liverpool. Obviously, Jen said at the start, I'm a big Liverpool football club fan. And Ian Rush was probably one of their greatest players, certainly one of their most well-known players for a long time, wasn't yeah. he? And um, and he was a striker uh, for a Liverpool football club. And there was this TV commercial which the government ran to try and get you to drink milk, and it was two Scouse yeah. kids. Um, and one of the kids came in and said... Ian Roche said to me, if I don't drink my milk, one day when I'm older, I can play for Accrington Stanley. And the other kid turns around to him and goes, Accrington Stanley, who are they? Who are they? Who are they? And the the kid turns around and goes, exactly. (laughs) Drink your milk if you want to play for Liverpool Football Club. So uh, that was the, uh, and of course, Jen's a scouser. uh, And I'm a scouser, having lived here most of my life. So whenever you say the word exactly, immediately in my head, that commercial comes to mind.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't know what to say exactly. now, do you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thank you very much, Matt. It's been great chatting to you. And I hope and I'm pretty sure there'll be loads of useful tips that you've given e-commerce business owners listening to this podcast. Um, who might be considering selling their e-commerce business in the
1: future. Ah, oh, it's been great. Jen. It's like to say fascinating being on the other side. I've been on lots of other people's podcasts. I have to be honest, where you have an interview and they ask you all kinds of questions. This is the first time I've been on my own podcast and been interviewed. So this is quite interesting. So I'm <clears throat> apart from the dodgy voice, which, again, I apologize for. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you think Jen actually makes a better host, do let us know and and maybe, just maybe, there might be a change to the podcast. Uh, you did very well, Jen. Well done.
0: Thank you very much. It was my first time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have known had you have not said. Uh, so, no, I enjoyed that. That was quite good fun. Uh, listen, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, as always, you can download the transcript to the show and the notes from the e commerce podcast website. Just head over to eCommercePodcast.net and you'll find it and uh, it will all be there. But, yeah, thanks, Jen. It was, it's, been, um, it's been illuminating. And it's always good to talk about uh, Jersey and stuff and what happened there because it's just been such fun memories for me. You know, it's, mm. it's been such a good journey. And uh, I can sit here at the end of it and just go, you know what, there's just no regrets. And um, that's a remarkably, vivid, <laughs> say that again, a remarkably privileged position to be in of which I'm,
0: mm. for which I
1: am very grateful. Great.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews tips, and tools for building your business online.